Hey everyone, thanks for being here with more than meets these guys. We are doing another episode of the UK Marvel Comics. This one is going to be the finale of The Man of Iron, and I'm joined from with Boo from the actualunderground.com. Thanks Hooray! for being here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, we're uh this is a this is a big one. Uh we're concluding this the first story, and uh there's a lot lots of new things in the uh in the comic besides. So. Oh yeah. You know, uh well starting off with the cover, we got a really cool picture of Jazz crashing into a seeker. Which is great. I I, I love it. They they take these panels from the from the book, put up there full color. Looks really nice. Oh yeah. They they do a really good job on those. Yeah. And uh the letter the editor talks about um the uh endings and beginnings, which uh which is where the chromobots are a new comic in this, which I have something to say about that. But um Decepticon Fact Vile is on Skywarp, which is it's deserved. I mean, they keep thinking Skywarp is Thundercracker, Thundercracker, Skywarp. So why not throw one of them in here? Right. Somebody needs to study this fact file. Yeah, exactly. And this this letter from a guy who made a puzzle out of a Transformers poster, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. He, he cut up the poster and. Yeah. And put it in like cardboard or something like that. And yeah. created basically a puzzle for his uh, his little brother or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was really nice. Really nice brother there. <laughs> yeah, a lot better than my brother was to me when I was younger. Um, yeah, I, all I got was bruises. <laughs> at best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's some cool art of us. Uh, there's some like, uh, you know, sound wave art in this book also, like from fans. Uh, yeah, I, I like when they show a lot of the fan art in there. It's kind of neat seeing all that stuff. And it looks like we have the first published Transformers poem. Yes. I'll let you yeah. go into that a bit. Oh, I just saw. That. I was like, "Wow, I, this has to be the earliest poem ever written by Transformers." It was, uh, by yeah, Anthony one. McEwen. It wasn't bad at all. It was uh, just. I was like, "Is this really going to go on this long?" Right. Yeah, he went all it, up. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, maybe you know, I'll say that that'll be my quote at the end of the thing. I'll read the poem. <laughs> You're gonna read the poem. Beautiful. I'll just read I was about to start reading it, but you you take it. That this is from Anthony McEwen and Cromarty Rothshire. I will save you that uh indignity. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. A little mandala contest winners announcing the mandala puzzle from um was it from the uh um man of our uh, uh, machine man mandala puzzle thing from like yes. I don't know issue like three maybe four. I don't remember that ever existing. Oh, you don't it, remember the Mandela puzzle? It must be the Mandela effect. Oh, oh sorry. I was waiting for that one. When I said Mandela, and you were acting like you didn't know what I was talking about. You know, you knew I was going to do it. I you just... know. They give a little story so far, kind of thing. But man, I was expecting to go into the uh, Transformers comic, but now we get Chromobots, which yes. this kid loves the UK Marvel uh, Transformers book. Apparently, dude's got Machine Man posters up. He's reading uh, like one edition of uh, the Transformers comic on his bed, and he's uh, what? Let me like I like look at this picture real quick. I've saved screen caps already. Like make mine Marvel. He's got a uh, Matt and the Cat poster. Um, God, he's yeah. This 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 kid's a fan kid. All in all, hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, th there's some interesting stuff here about Chromabots. Because, you know, we don't really have any information on this page of who created Chromobots, who's writing it and drawing it. 
Yeah. Okay, so I had to do a deep dive. As I expect. And this is, uh, it's written and drawn by, and I know I'm going to say this wrong, it's Mikhailo Kazibrid, or Mike Kazibrid. Okay, he goes by Mike, I guess. Hey, thank you. For short. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is the writer, illustrator, and character creator who does Matt and the Cat. This the styles look very similar, so that makes sense. Yeah. So it, he Matt the Cat was also a strip that ran through several uh UK newspapers as well. It wasn't oh, just okay. published here. Yeah. Nice. But he created Chromobots in-house at Marvel UK specifically for this comic. Okay. Which is why, you know, when you see the the character Dudley, he's reading a Transformers comic and he's got yeah. Machine Man and Matt and the Cat posters on his walls. So, nods. Okay, well, what Mr. Kazabrit is really known for, though, mm-hmm. is he was the original illustrator of the Wallace and Gromit comic strips. Really? That's kind of cool. And he also did uh, comics for the Tick, more notably the Tick's holiday special, The Bestest Story <laughs> Ever Told. That's fantastic. Where the tick decides to direct a Christmas pageant starring the city's heroes because there's no villains on the streets. <laughs> so he decides he's going to do this, and it gets crashed by a team-up of Chairface, Chippendale, and the Terror. Let's do my favorite uh, tick villains. Right, and that was uh, featured in a big compendium of the tick giant Christmas cavalcade from yeah. year 2000. I've got that somewhere in a long box. Oh, see, there you go. It's yeah. closer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also worked on comics for Sean the Sheep. Nice. Uh, Duckula. Duckula. And Danger Mouse. Oh, I love Danger Mouse. Yeah. And he's done a lot of other work, too. Man, um, all over my childhood. Yes. Well, I don't but, know how close this is to your childhood, but he also uh, illustrated a set of children's books featuring the pets of Sherlock Holmes and Watson solving right. mysteries. And it was really just a vehicle of teaching kids about real world problems like diminishing freshwater resources or the value of UNESCO World Heritage Sites. And he also had one in that series about steroid use in sports. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the the loss of freshwater um Fresh water for uh, for you know the the planet is actually uh, really hits home for me. Yeah, um, I would say I, I knew you really liked that one. Yeah, yeah, like my the eutrophication uh, is a big thing. I, I I like to read about and get angry and shake my fist in the air about. So that was really cool. <laughs> and he also illustrated part of the Lion Kids Bible comic. <laughs> you show me a picture of this thing. That's the tie-in right there. But he oh. also did the Lion Kids Bible comic activity book. Comic Bible Christmas, Greatest Bible Adventures, uh, God's Message for Children, uh, Pocket, I think, yeah, Pocket got a place names of Sheffield and the Sheffield dialect and folklore since World War II, a dying tradition. Jesus. Yeah, that's awfully specific. Okay, uh, I gotta say, um, this honestly does not surprise me at all. So and there's, all there's, these are available on Amazon. I, I looked them up. I was reading some of the reviews. Already appar- apparently, the Lion Kids Bible comic is kind of f- a funny take on the Bible. <laughs> so now I have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got to see. And the, the style in it, it really looks like Mad Magazine. That's great. It kind of yeah. does look clever. So I have a little story of myself for this past week. 
Oh yeah, do tell. Yeah, so this kind of ties into this because I, I saw the the art of the father in this in this comic. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of who the Jack Chick comics. So oh, totally. Yeah, my, you are absolutely right. My lovely wife has never seen or heard of Jack Chick. Oh boy. She's from Oregon, so it's not her fault. She she got out. She got out of the, the she was never in the deep south until she, you know, came down to Florida and so on and so forth. I guess she's a little far north and west. Yeah. Chick. So um <laughs> another old friend of mine who lives in Washington uh commented that he has not seen one since he moved there. So yeah, Jack Chick, you know, you you can uh, fill in the links here. He was a um, fundamentalist Christian uh, guy who made these comics, basically like satanic panic style comics. Conspiracy <laughs> theories. Conspir- yeah, sorry, well, sorry like, I had something on my throat. There, there. There's, uh, there's a, uh, yeah, this this one's actually about, um, you know, you can guess uh, vaccinations. <laughs> uh there's there's one about the Dungeons and the Dragons one that was fantastic. Um, that was a, that was always a classic. But you have all these um these oh yeah dark dungeons dark dungeons yeah were. <laughs> Her character Blackleaf actually... died. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Never read that one. Never read. That. So I'll make sure I put a um, a, a bit of uh, the the father's drawing that he looks like a Jack Chick drawing of of someone's dad. Yeah, we need some side by sides. <laughs> oh man, he has the top mustache and everything, like the little tie and the and the big nineteen uh, eighties, you know, glasses, the the boxy uh, eyeglasses. It's amazing. So yeah, as soon as I saw that, like, dude, this this is this is perfect. It's it's serendipitous that, that I found this. By the way, curled up in a gas pump. And as my my wife said to me, she's like, "You mean how they used to used to warn us that they put like AIDS needles in the gas pumps?" I said, "Yeah, actually, exactly like that." Curled up in there, waiting for someone to pump gas and read it and change their mind about vaccine. Vaccine. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So that was uh that was a neat little you know, serendipitous crossing there. Anyways. So that's funny. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the kids reading comics and his dad's getting kind of, um, you know, first we're like, I don't understand that boy kind of stuff. And then you cut away to this big, well, you know, like the kids like, Oh, I'm sorry. I have an imagination, dad. When we cut to this, this, uh, this robot flying, this all curvy looking, you know, it looks like army armored, not army. Um, very, I don't know. It looks very eighties, low, low budget sci-fi robot. Yeah, flying in the air, all chromed out, obviously, because it is a chromobot. And he's uh, he starts. He has the thing where he starts you know, descending and he starts crash. He crashes in the window of this this kid here, and you realize the robot is about the size of well, and like a transformer. He's like. He's fun size. He's a toy size. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a little thing. Yeah, it makes a look because you don't you don't see him compared. You see him against the clouds. And he looks like he's this big robot. Crashes in there, and then like you know the kids like, oh my gosh, you know, sees this. Um, I guess he. I'm trying to look at the picture. Like he's like he's a, like maybe the size of a dog. I guess. I mean, he's not quite a toy size, but he's he'd be like big. big he's like Fortress Maximus size. There you go. Sure, that works. Toy Fortress Maximus, not like yes. the actual like. Giant and uh, that's our preview of Chromabots. Not really much going on, just you know, kind of throw us in there. But man, I love that uh, that drawing style. Oh yeah, but man, yeah. We... And, and Dudley is just like he—he's our every trans fan. Oh yeah, 100%. yeah. 
I, I love he it too. He doesn't even hear his dad calling for him. When no. he's reading his Transformers comics. I love it. He's got like he's got his uh, his you know Marvel make mine Marvel pennant on the wall. He's got his um, 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 Machine Man co- uh, you know poster that probably came in like an annual or a, or a comic or whatever up on his wall. You know he's got a stack of comics on his dresser. Well, they they hid some uh, I guess Marvel propaganda throughout this. Oh comic. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It was it was kind of fun to watch it. Yeah. See, uh, old Mike. I'm not gonna say Mike, Mike was the same Mikhail. Yeah, Mike. yeah. He, uh, you yeah, can tell Mike, he, Mike is good. Yeah, he wanted to get that. Um, he wanted to get that that nod to everything that he's uh they've been working on with this, which is really yeah. Cool. And he's he's still active. He's uh pretty active on Twitter. He's been doing like political cartoons and stuff. Like I sent you one earlier. Mm-hmm. That, like uh, he called the Ukrainian invasion like a year before it happened. Yeah. Well. In, I mean, it's not like it wasn't telegraphed, but yeah. Still. I mean, if you if you want to, you know, not to go political or at all on this, but uh, yeah, it, it was pretty telling that they were going to keep going into Ukraine. Oh yeah, well that's just world history now, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we go jump right into Man of Iron. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's it's a problem with the excavation. There's like some some unidentif- something unidentifiable and big. Oh yeah, I just want to say. They have bumped the actual Transformers and Transformers comics back three pages. Yeah. They did it last issue, actually, they, when they moved Robot Roundup to the front. You're right, they did. And, but every issue before that, from like uh, one through ten, Transformers started on page four. Now it's bumped to you know page seven. So you have to kind of work to actually get to your Transformers I, in I your Transformers they, comic. <laughs> yeah, they kind of I think they did that just because they want um people to read the other things they have in there. Because I'm sure if you're uh, picking a comic, you don't care about anything else, you're gonna like skip ahead or you know go past the things in the middle. So they, they if you really hide get... it behind machine man, nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> and this issue definitely hits home with that. Um but I think it actually got better this issue a little just for the camp. But we'll get oh, to that. <laughs> man, I cannot wait to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there uh there's some there's they're trying to excavate what's going on. They you know said the last time there's something the, the size of an ocean liner down there. They can't yeah. figure out what it is. And they also detect this uh reading on uh, something on the subsonic spectrum, which I think is a kind of signal. And uh they can't kind of quite figure out what's going on. They think it's trying to signal some maybe some extraterrestrial craft or something like that. It's LV-426. Yeah. <laughs> like, I bet it's trying to contact something close to Earth. You know, maybe there's a ship up there. Yeah, which, they think it could be a distress call or maybe a homing signal. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is unit. So, I mean, I makes sense. They would think that. Yeah. Uh, but it's full of face huggers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this castle's done. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they they're trying to figure it out, and they there's this nice um, you know far shot that comes closer and then closer. You see this uh, this Autobot symbol that's on the side of the uh, the the chromed out hull of something. Yeah, it's a pretty cool Autobot symbol. It's a little, it's almost a wrecker symbol. It is. It's very well. It's very. It's it's less it's less put together, like less smoothly edges. It kind of comes out of the symbol a bit. So yeah, I mean, we're also well, talking- and it's black. With Black and red, red yeah. outlines, yeah. So, really like it. It's really yeah. Nice. It looks cool. Yeah, but uh, while they're doing this, they're trying to figure out what's going on and what they can do and what it is, and they're you know kind of throwing around theories. And then the Earth starts shaking. There's a tremor, and uh, 
people are like, you know, freaking out. They're like, what's, what's going on? They, this guy's like, look, you know, and the, the, the uh, land starts, you know, rising up and you see the man of iron, um, you know, underneath this big platform. It just came out of the ground. He, he's got a lift. Yeah. He <laughs> does have a lift. Really nice yeah. lift too. Um, it's like the, those garages that you can like put your car like underground and park yeah. another car on top of it. That's what it kind of reminds me of. It kind of does actually. And then, um, What's the what's the uh Harker? What's his name? Roy Harker? Yeah, Roy Harker. The yeah, Roy's like, it's the man of iron, it's him. He's flipping out because he realizes it's all coming together now. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, and Whitley has called in his superior officer, Major Dawes, to come and check it out because they don't quite know the make of it. Yeah. Which yeah. makes sense. I mean, they they're driving on the Jeep and uh they get close <laughs> enough. What's that? Oh, I'm just laughing about what's coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, they, like they drive up on they're like, "Good God!" And it does. It looks like a mix of like jazz and Megatron and something else. Yeah, he's like Megatron Weird. from the waist down and mm-hmm. jazz the head, head and yeah, and it's like a, a bad pretender. For the yeah, it does actually. They uh they freak out and it shoots the jeep. You know, yeah, he it. he just like wore the worlds that jeep. Oh yeah. <laughs> like as soon as he sees it. <laughs> you know, I guess it makes sense. He doesn't know what's going on. He sees another vehicle driving towards him. I don't know. Right. Well, um, and he hasn't been out in like hundreds of years. So this is like the first mechanical thing coming towards him. Yeah. And I mean, Major Dawes and his driver get out in the nick of time before the whole Jeep explodes, but they they pull, I mean, pull on G.I. Joe ejection when it gets blown up thing. Oh, totally. But he's a little trigger happy because, you know, they got a homing signal, basically. Mm-hmm. Calling out, and what if that was an Autobot? What if that was Bumblebee rolling up? And he's like, zap. It's like, oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Friendly fire's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, suddenly there's, there's a uh, seeker there. Just shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, it literally says he appeared from nowhere. Which makes you sound like Skywarp. Right. And and but, here's the fun part though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he's colored like uh Thundercracker yep. in the collected comics. Yep. Actually and, in this comic too. Okay, yeah. And in the I want to say yeah, the US comics when Yamtov got him. Yeah. He's colored like Starscream. Cuz of course he is. Cuz Yamtov yes. is just way out left field all the time. <laughs> Everybody gets equal time. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I know there's some uh, some apologists for Yomtov. No, nope, nope. Well, and I mean the the thing that he appeared out of nowhere really leans into, Skywarp. you know, Skywarp. Yeah. But then they go into the letters column. Like we'll run to that a lot later. But someone writes in asking who was it that shot the Man of Iron, and they say it was Thundercracker. That was in the Transformers Annual, nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Uh, oh wait, yeah, letters page in issue sixty three, and they had a quiz published in nineteen eighty nine's annual that backed it up. So I'm it, calling BS. It, it, it's bombshell or Skywarp all over. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, at least this would be a new argument, man. I, I could get 100% behind this argument. Too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, the idea of another argument just <laughs> makes me tired and pissed off. 
<laughs> so, someone needs to ask Flint Dilly that in an interview, like who killed the man of iron? And he'll be like, What? What are you talking about? I didn't do that. No, huh? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't, Flint. You made him worse. Um <laughs> so yeah, he the uh, uh Thunder Warp shows up and shoots man of iron, <laughs> just blows him away. This is a big like wham thing on the screen. Oh, yeah, he shreds him. He blows oh, yeah. his leg off. I mean, it it's it's pretty intense. It and looks like it's from a Skybound comic. He kind of does. <laughs> and uh, suddenly this, the bone-shaped shuttle that the Autobots have in this is just barreling down the, through the sky. And, um, you know, showing up right in the nick of time when, uh, you know, the Men of Iron is gone. And then like he basically, he sends Jazz. He's like, are you ready to go, Jazz? And Jazz is like, yep. He, he just flies out of the ship and barrels right into um thunder warp we'll call him with, with sammy he, he jumps out with sammy inside and then makes sammy bail out at high speed that's right oh, that's right i know i got a little ahead of me yeah he's like ready to get out sammy and kicks sammy out at high speed and like you know does a whole flip around thing and goes um go, goes and does this kind of rev up rev up to uh fly into the uh into the seeker in question yeah, caught it right. That's why I, I just put the seeker in Sky my crack. notes because yeah. <laughs> Sky did, did you catch the the reference to Sammy's mom a little earlier? A couple no, pages I didn't back. It says she was under sedation because <laughs> in bad shape after Jazz kidnapped her. So she's traumatized now. <laughs> well, yeah, man. This kid, her kid got abducted in broad daylight by Porsche right in front of her. Her kid. The last time she saw him, he was yelling for help out of the closed window, banging on it as it sped away with him. And so if yeah, you they... see a really good shot of that. Look at the uh, the 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 um, art for the cover that that, that Boomay Force. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I, I, you can't miss that one. <laughs> and mom, mom. <laughs> so yeah, um, this all this happens. Um, Jazz flies and runs into. Uh, Thunder Warp, Skycracker, what do you even call him? And uh, Sammy's like, Dad, and he runs and like, he's like, he's like, Sammy, I thought, you know, I'm so glad to see you. And they reunite and they hug and everything's fantastic with them. Well, it's like they, they coach Sammy that when you jump out at high speed, run to your dad and tell them to clear out. Yeah. And then he says, oh, yeah, we're already clearing out. So there, there's nothing they really got from Sammy information wise that they didn't already kind of know. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Or could have just gotten from, you know, any Look other way. Right. Dude, there is a screen then, panel. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and then, you know, his other thing is tell him to get out. Of, they're all like already doing that. So kidnapping Sammy was completely unnecessary. I mean, was it though? I what? mean, I'm sure it was fun. <laughs> no, it, it was completely unnecessary. This He'll is totally great. not be traumatized at all. There's this great panel of uh, it looks like Bussar or Laserbeak, and uh, yeah, it's one of the Condors, <laughs> and then one of the Seekers. They're uh, they're doing this power dive, really nice art on it too. Into, oh yeah, into the ground, and you know, Jazz has no problem just shooting him. His uh, his his shoulder uh, missile launcher cannon thing going off. But I thought that now that's the defenses from the shuttle. Oh, Glizzit. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes. 
Yeah, it was because yeah, it came out of the ground. I'm sorry. That was actually right. another panel where he's using his, his shoulder launcher. I will allow it. <laughs> I promise I read this. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's a little confusing sometimes. It, yeah, there's the a lot going on. Fog of war, if you will. Right. Um. So I like why he's on the ground. It says why he's on the ground. Jazz transforms into an attack configuration. He turns into a robot. I mean, that's that's all it is. Yeah. And I, in the the collected comics and in the U.S. comics, it shows it's laser beak that got blasted. Oh, so it's um. Are you are you mean in the, in the next panel or the one before that? That, uh, that the uh, one for when the okay. the shuttle shoots them when they do the dive bomb on it. Okay, so laser beak is it? Yeah, okay. it's laser beak. In the two color versions, they at least agree on that, but both condors are present. Okay, but yeah. dude, Jazz nails. Um, I guess now we're going to be a Thundercracker because it's, it's color like Thundercracker. The Seeker. <laughs> the, the Seeker. Sky Cracker. Seeker um, number two. Yes. <laughs> he just rips into that, the Seeker. And then uh, there, like, actually, yeah, and then you have Buzzsaw here. Is He's attacking the uh, the Autobot shuttle, which, where did this bone-shaped Autobot shuttle come from? Where does it go after this? Where did it come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I said that. I realized what I did. <laughs> couldn't resist. Yeah, but it, yeah, the thing like came out of nowhere, and we never see it again. Yeah, man. The um and um, oh god, what does what someone call him now? Uh, Skycracker or Thundercracker? Skywarp. Yeah. Anyways, crashes in like right outside the castle, and the Subcons retreat, and everything's good. Everyone, every they're like, yay, we won. But there's this whole scene where um, after this, I, I kind of like where Optimus Prime is like, well, look, we have a, an escape craft here, but we can't leave because the Decepticons are here. They're going to do bad things. So we got to stick around a little longer and uh, we can't leave this ship that's buried into the hill here to be used again. So yeah. we got to blow it up. And I mean, you could at least done a search through it or something. Yeah, because you know? that I mean... is really kind of awful what happened yeah because uh you want to do the honors oh man yeah um Optimus Prime <laughs> basically tells jazz to uh destroy the uh the the rescue ship and there is this this autobot navigator strapped down to a table he's uh he's got everything everything they need to uh, find their way back he his he's be really resourceful good thing that he just shoots the blows the ship up and kills that that yeah he's in autobot. stasis down there like yeah. it says all all the centuries and millennia he's been down there waiting. been like a blink to him yeah waiting for them to find him and they don't even check for him they yeah. just blow it up they implode him yeah and then they drop they they take dump they dump trucks of uh the human state dump trucks and drop rocks all on top of the uh the wreckage yeah like we're gonna we're gonna shoot you we're gonna implode your ship and then we're gonna really make sure you can't get out of that so uh sorry dude you're, you're done they didn't even check out the man of iron to see if like he was Savable. I mean, you saw like when gears got all busted up. They're like, oh well, death isn't the same to us. He can be repaired. Except like, you're the man of iron. Yeah, and I understand this is supposed to be an isolated story. This is like yeah. an anthology story. They're trying to clean up everything really nicely. Yeah, it, they, it didn't they, affect anything in the American story one way or the other. Yeah, and then uh, they're talking about like a year later, their tourists coming back to visit the castle and. One kind of cool thing that I, I forgot to mention this when they uh, all the battles going on, it 
makes point saying like this is the first time in you know centuries that the castle has seen a firefight or a a, a battle which is you know makes makes you kind of remember that this was a this is a side of a medieval battle of some sort oh yeah but um yeah you know sammy grows up it's a year later he's he's he kind of looks at the castle and he I don't know, it's like coming of age, few panels or whatever. But then at the end, it shows that he sleeps and dreams of that man of iron all the time. A, a so, fearful sleep. Yeah. Whenever yeah. the night winds rattle his window. So he's got PTSD from this. Uh, yeah. He is traumatized. <laughs> this kid he's got is the not... night terrors. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> about the man of iron who almost killed his dad. <laughs> and it says he never saw jazz again. I, yeah, man, they're just like, all right, we're out of here. Um, cool, everyone, cool with this? We're just, we blew up the hill. I uh, mean, they they didn't even leave it open like where you know Simon Furman could go back and have Sammy show up again. Nope, never saw no, him again. No, Sammy's done. <laughs> we're traumatized. This kid is. We move, move on to another one. Hey, and, Buster, right? And how strong is Jazz's missile that it can completely implode an entire ocean liner sized shuttle? This dude was hiding his power apparently pretty well. Well, that or I guess he hit their gas tank, you know. Yeah, I mean that's what it was. It's well, the maybe. Autobot version of a Pinto. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Um, yeah, we were watching. We were watching uh, randomly the Treehouse of Terror, the Treehouse of Horror. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Simpsons, I think like the the sixth, the fifth or sixth one, where mm-hmm. uh, there's the whole thing with the gremlin on the outside of the uh, school bus. Oh yeah. And uh, there's a guy in a, you know, a gremlin on the side of the bus. He's like, "Hey, there's there's a gremlin out here." Hey, oh man, cool, you know. And they, he the gremlin like gets knocked off the road and, and drives down. He's like, "Oh, thank goodness!" And it blows up. But, <laughs> that was just one of those serendipitous things again today. But man, hold up, we have got the machine man with Baron Brimstone and the sinister Satan Squad. Not appearing in this film. Yeah, was, <laughs> I full on. I went ahead and see what the Sinister Satan Squad looked like because this is full on Satanic Panic time, and I want to see what these guys look like because they had to be great. They probably they probably look like um, you know D and D characters or something. I don't know or uh, like goths. Yeah, they're making us wait for them though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jerks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's um. This is one of those look. It wasn't great. Um, Dr. Brimstone, or Baron Brimstone, not Dr. Brimstone. Yeah. A, he doesn't have a PhD. He's a Baron. Baron Brimstone, <laughs> what we said earlier, looks like... Um, he, he, or how did you describe it when you order Edward Hyde off a wish? Yeah. And he looks like <laughs> he looks like him as like a an off-the-strip uh, Las Vegas um, hotel magician. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like David the- Copperfield drank Dr. Jekyll's elixir. <laughs> and went red. Yeah, uh, and th- this is DeFalco and Ditko again. So, man, look, DeFalco and Ditko don't didn't always do quality. I'm just gonna say that. Oh yeah, but I, I gotta say, it, so far it's better than what we've had before on Machine it Man. <laughs> it is better, and I, I appreciate the return of Gears in this. Oh yeah, Gears Garvin. Yeah. So uh, we so- got green energy again. Yeah, we had uh, fusion power last issue. Now we're doing solar power. Green and of course, yeah, it's Kim Solar, and it's insured, of course, by Del Mar Insurance. Like so, old Aaron and um, is it Eddie and Aaron? Eddie, yeah, investigate. 
uh, for their insurance. Yeah, checking out its security systems. Baron de Brimstone shows up, starts attacking, and uh, Aaron disappears. Yeah, because he wants the Soul Mac, which is essentially a solar powered data transmission death ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about like, that. I don't want Wi Fi that's going to set my house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, that was, it was fantastic. I, I was kind of enjoying it. And then it went to color. By the way, the coloring in this in this book here is, man, I think they hired Yamtov to do coloring in this. There are like four colors: yellow, blue, red, like bright red, and then like my beard's red, fire engine red. Um, oh that's, yeah, that's the only colors they use in, the, in this whole thing. Yeah, they didn't recolor it. I think they just used what was in the American comic. It looks like it. Because it had that much more limited palette. But yeah, and it's really sloppy. Baron Brimstone has the biggest caterpillar. He's like uh, Eugene Levy. Yeah, he's got like a unibrow. Well, oh, sometimes. Man. Sometimes he has a unibrow too. Sometimes he has two woolly caterpillars on his head. Yeah, they're massive though. He looks all wide-eyed all the time too. Big, you know, orphan any big round eyes. His hands are enormous too. Yeah, they are. Oh well, uh, if you would drink the uh, the Mister Hyde elixir, you would have huge hands, I guess, too. Right? I mean, he, this guy—he looks like he dunked his face in uh, Rogaine. It does. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like seriously. This is the um, sorcerer. Um, um, uh, what's the opposite of extreme? Minor. Well, I, yeah. Well, I'm thinking like Jojo the Dog Face Boy. He is from like back. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, he's he's got Baron some stuff going on there. Terrible. And well, okay, so he's a master of the mystical arts. So you're expecting, you know, somebody on par with like Doctor Strange when they say yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He he shoots mystic bolts out of his fingers, and he does like finger guns when he does it. He does. <laughs> yeah. He also, he does this whole like yeah thing. So it almost has this kind of like um you know, Doctor Strange kind of look to it, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, it's got like wah-wah lines around. <laughs> it does. But okay, and then he can make conical force fields around him that can stop bullets. Because magic. Yeah, and you know, when you've got all that magic, the one thing you don't have is a high-tech death ray. <laughs> so he wants it. But look look at this way, actually. He actually was able to do more to Machine Man than he could have done with this death ray. Oh yeah, he beat Machine Man like an animal. He did, and uh, he like he shoots him with his uh, mystic, you know, power rays, his bolts, yeah, <laughs> mystic bolts. Exposes all his like um, Machine Man's like chest innards and well, the and the Solmac exposed his innards. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah, he he softened him up with his bolts, and then when Machine Man was gonna throw a desk at him, he shot him right in the chest with the Solmac and made the desk fall on him. This is the best thing too. Machine Man, he's like realizing how bad off he is. He's like, I, I, I guess my, uh, my body wasn't, you know, wasn't equipped to deal with uh, mystic rays or mystic bolts. Yeah, he does this whole thing where he gets his knees up around his chest to protect himself. Oh yeah. Well, first Baron Brimstone didn't kill him. He spared his yeah. life because basically it was beneath him to kill him. <laughs> first <laughs> like, mistake. I'm, I'm too good to kill you. <laughs> 
first mistake you always always yeah, he wants to you know take you out come on when oh yeah now but, but yeah what you're saying about the way he i guess puts himself back together is hilarious yeah and he full-on dynamites himself out of there oh yeah because he's like it, it, I, I don't know his chest is exposed so he he basically cops a squat Pulls wraps his one up over his chest. Yeah, wraps. Yeah, his knees are up to his chin almost. Wraps one arm around himself and then pops out his heelys and scoots with the other arm. <laughs> he would have been better off having a uni unicycle a unicycle yeah. wheel. He should have just. He should have just ran. <laughs> I mean, this has got to be the least dignified exit for any superhero ever. You say that, but we haven't seen it past this, so we'll see. Oh yeah, I'm sure he'll sink the, the new depths. And the, when security the, shows up, he runs again instead of explaining the situation. Yeah, and he sees a cop and he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh he wants to be Batman, but he's not. Machine um, Man grew up in the hood. He knows when the popo shows up, <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> they know I'm not really white. Um, perfect. Well, get me. Uh, so yeah, man. Uh, they they pull and uh, yank themselves, hit himself out of there. Yeah, and uh, goes to his <laughs> favorite new friend, Gears Garvin. Is that his name? Yeah, Gears Gar, good old Gears Garvin. And Gears Garvin, man, he is he's you know you know helped put him back together and stuff. And uh, he's got it's like this uh, butane torch. <laughs> he's trying to weld uh, Machine Man back together. He's like lights a cigar and like, all right, let's go back. And that's that's when comics were different. Oh yeah, and I mean, this guy he works in a junkyard and he can just fix anything. Like this machine man is supposed to be so advanced, so like nothing else exists like him on the planet. But this junkyard guy can, you know, he doesn't just fix him; he upgrades him. This guy gave him an upgrade of a unicycle um, last time, so I don't. I want to see what's going to happen to him next. Oh yeah, and he gave him a new refractive coating this time. So he says you'll get a oh that way he won't get a bad case of heartburn the next time some clown blasts you with a laser. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, that was that was bad. Yeah, he's upgraded him. I mean I don't how advanced is machine man if you know the junkyard guy can just slap him back together and upgrade. How advanced him. was dynamite? Let's be honest. Oh, totally. He <laughs> needs a blue falcon. Blue falcon? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, good times. That, that was that was the best um take on uh Barbie Rubin. Oh yeah. With seven. God, yes. <laughs> uh, oh. But so. there is a contest, man. Hold on. It's a blackout. And I have no idea who any of these robots are. No, they look so so weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not any of the main ones we've seen so far. Definitely totally not from their box art. Yeah, true. Or the fact files, because um, they don't look anything like the fact files either. Yeah, none of these guys have been in the fact files. I kinda, that almost looks like a cat. There's not many cats in this book, so I don't know who it could be. That's a Doberman, man. Obviously a dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Dude, that, that kills me every time someone says, oh, I had that when I was little. It was a dog. And Why would you think it's a dog? What made you think it was a dog? Well, you know, in their defense, when I was a kid and I first saw the commercial for Ravage, I thought it was a dog too. But then, yeah. you know, when Watch you read it, this is in Snarls. 
Yeah, when you actually see in the cartoon and you know reading the comics, it's like, yeah, he's a cat. <laughs> look, man, like whatever you think, look the way it moves. It moves like a like a like a cat. Anyways, well, I'll let that go for now. You know, there's <laughs> this guy with this big cannon on his arm. I don't know who that could be. Yeah, none of the none of them look like that to me. Yeah. I can't figure that out at all. But you know, if you if you're really good and you get all four right, you enter this contest, you get a stencil. A drawbot stencil. Drawbot stencil. It and it is it's kind of neat, I guess. A very suggestive drawbot stencil. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I had to look it up to see what it actually looked like because that picture is misleading. That picture is not okay by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And I, oddly enough, that picture is still cooler than you know when you see it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But that that leads to the early uh the early idea that transformers are always cooler when they're with clear plastic. Oh yeah. This is the first clear plastic fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it snapped in two. Uh that always kills me. People. Oh yeah, that thing is thin too. You know that that broke like the next day. That's like a it, protractor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> there's a there's a big uproar whenever there's like clear parts on current things I'm like you, you do realize i have like 30 year old beast wars things that are fine right they're clear plastic oh yeah yeah it's got a little more gentle with your collectible things now i've got g1s that are you know, like their whole chest is clear plastic oh yeah so good and God they've been knows. played with they've yeah. been in the sandbox yeah i mean look at um honestly the um the mazdas uh the uh yeah the dotsons i'm sorry the dotson guys yeah roof which okay to be fair a lot of those did break well and that was a thin spot that was i don't think it mattered what kind of plastic that would be that was going to break yeah definitely because it's a stress point too you have to push down on it mm -hmm. and all that like that's at the the pivot point yeah. yeah i would uh i would grab a quick strike and i'd pull them up so like Clear plastic still is fine. You know, you, you gotta be careful with your stuff, guys. Don't don't force it. Excessive force not required. Just I'd worry more about the, the water bladder and the cobra head, because that, that's kind of thin. <laughs> yeah, well, any of those um any of the um what are the G2 things that change color? The oh yeah, the uh color change autobots and stuff. I can't want to call them aqua speeders. That was like the UK. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, the the uh, the color chase guys; those all have the like, like deluge and those guys. Yeah, yeah. in the uh, in the guns, mm -hmm. or uh, I actually kind of worry about the uh, little the air bladder that you have in um, the Hero uh, Prime, the G two. That's laser. what I was about to say. The Hero Prime and Megatron. Yep, G two Laser Prime, Scourge, or Black or Black Leo Convoy, or Black not Black Leo Convoy, Black Battle Convoy, or Black Convoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that little accordion launcher. <laughs> the thing you would when you would get a little, you know, those little um, those water powered rockets. Yeah, you like pump up, and those little things that that, that would be a, a point where they would like they would rip apart the a little accordion pump thing. Yeah, it's all, always the little folds, little creases always had a weak spot in them. Yep. Yeah, but speaking of weak spots, robot roundup. Am I right? Ah, yes. Um, there is. There's a nice little mention of uh, Max Steel and the uh, Roboforce. Yeah, the... that's like the first thing they went into was yeah. Max Steel and the, the, his two foot robot, not the little tiny ones, but the the big one. Two feet tall, talks a vocabulary of 150 words, has a pressure sensitive gripper built in digital clock and two 
octave musical scale. It's not 200 pounds, man. That's a pretty impressive thing. So you think it's money, not weight. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes. 200 pounds of, uh, of, of glorious British money. That sucker's probably like this big. Mm-hmm. Two feet. That's pretty big. Oh, guy. yeah. He's like Fortress Maximus toy size. He's the yeah. same size as the Chromobot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a lot of these uh, Roboforce uh, figures when I was little. It was one of those. Uh, it was a weird thing. They all had suction cups on the bottom. So they're um, like where the feet would be. Yeah. The, the accordion kind of like dangly arms. Yeah. They were like, you know. There were a neat little, I guess, sideline or something. It didn't really go very far. And they, you know, the, they weren't all that great. But I think the, the problem was they advertised them like they were on par with like Transformers. You know, mm-hmm. oh, they fight and they battle. But really, they were cute. Yeah, they, they kind of were. I, I had yeah. two or three of them, I think. Yeah. They were um, kind of like play school, my first robot. Yeah. I mean, when like, I was in elementary school, I had a T-shirt with them on it and i didn't actually own any of the toys but my grandma got it for me so i had to wear it and all the kids at school made fun of me for it <laughs> that, that wasn't the sure thing they made fun of you that was you yeah uh, oh yeah i mean i was an easy target as it was so. <laughs> i mean it's just punching down at that point yeah <laughs> so uh you found us a picture of the poor old hubot the, the robot Hubot. so you did a little dive on this one i guess oh i just looked that up because I had to laugh when it said it didn't know the time and temperature, and he thought he was a rowboat when they asked him what he was. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I just had to Google it and see if, if it if it was a joke. It sounds like it was like satire, you know, like they were just yank, you know, yanking their chain on it. Yeah. And no, it was a real thing, and its face looks like the little sticker that's inside of Ironhide and Ratchet, the, the G1 versions. Yeah, he's got like their sticker face, like that pole position robot yes. face that's on their screen. <laughs> little screen inside the pole position cars on the show? Yeah. Yeah. 100% that. And, I looked at it and I'm like, that looks really familiar. That You nailed it with that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the seat that Everyone would sit in a ratchet and Ironhide is the same as Hubot's face. <laughs> I'm like I'm like one of the the few people who says now that they really liked that um, Ironhide and their ratchet kind of thing. It oh would, yeah, it didn't look like the show, no, but it was really neat. I, I always liked it. I never had it myself when I was younger, so I, I was able to get it later on. I, I think if they had actually made the the animated versions look mm-hmm. more like the toys it wouldn't have bothered us as much as it was yeah. so different well i mean look at megatron oh yeah well look at bumblebee even oh yeah well yeah most, most, well actually I, would, I wouldn't say most of the um microbots or the uh, minibots at least their fate brawn doesn't look anything really like oh you mean it doesn't have the clicky claws yeah, um, claws is he's got like the the helmet shaped head like his basic like head like yeah. the helmet but not That's the it. face the face is like completely different wind charger doesn't okay they really none of them do yeah wind that. charger and huffer are probably the closest body wise but you know yeah huffer's hands and Pipes. you know with all their faces were completely anthropomorphized yeah no, actually i did that wind charger was my first transformer i had my my parents mm-hmm. got that for me at sears when they still sold toys in there. So I always remember when Charger always kind of holds a special place for me because of that. But, yeah, he was uh, one of the first mini bots I got. Yeah. 
So we go on to um, talking about this uh, this robot robotic uh, pterosaur, pter- pteranodon, pterodactyl, I don't know what it is exactly, that uh, the uh, Pasadena Smithsonian Institute, or actually, no, uh, the Smithsonian Institute in Washington got a little extra money, and they, yeah. they, they constructed this, like, um, you know, uh, animatronic pterodactyl-looking thing. I don't exactly what, know what kind of dinosaur it was, but it was a pterosaur of some sort. Uh, it's a pteranodon. Is a pteranodon? Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't catch At least that. If, if that's the one they pictured in there, it's a pteranodon. Yeah. Um. Let's see, is the uh, Universe of Energy Meyer the audio animatronics that, uh, that recreate prehistoric scenes? It looks pretty cool. It does actually. It looks good. Um. Who knows how it was? Honestly. Right. Well, you know, it's early '80s. Yeah. You know, extinct creatures because you know it's not even really a dinosaur. But feathers, man, come on. Yeah, it's like Land of the Lost, basically. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. I didn't start um, seeing um, dinosaurs with feathers until like really somewhat recent, maybe the last 10 to 15 years. Oh, yeah. Well, you like what Jurassic Park 3 is the first time you saw one in the media that had like. Yeah, with the. Um, the a couple of feathers on it. <laughs> and the, the raptors are way too big still, but yeah. Yeah. But next page, we go on to um, Maggie meets Mechanical Man. Yeah, so Margaret Thatcher and Argon the Robot argue over who's more soulless. (laughs) (laughs) She is the Iron Lady, after all. How appropriate that she's in the uh, the third issue of the Iron Man. Right, and I thought it was kind of weird the way they lead into that, because they're like, and while we're on the subject of Russians, and then it talks about her and Argon, and neither of them have any overt ties to russia <laughs> that was the weirdest it was this just by the way let's go this direction with what we're talking about i think they rearranged the paragraphs in here because they, they later go into that ro- the russian robot taylor yeah so <laughs> i think presents. yeah i think the the margaret thatcher part of it was the bookend it had to have been and they moved it up <laughs> And now it sounds like she's a Russian collaborator. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was reading this, and I'm like, this, it makes it sounds so disjointed. That may be why, because they're they're trying they mm-hmm. edit it, and well, let's put this all together in one thing. Yeah, because there's the the, uh, the Taylor bot, and there's like um, has Donald Pleasance, you know, from Halloween and and many others, um, getting his tie done or something with these 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 big goofy hands reaching over him. It looks like it's killing him. It does. It looks like it's choking him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Russian Taylor bot. You know, I guess you, you see Donald Pleasance and you automatically think that, you know, he's either going to, you know, fight Michael Myers or James Bond. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, that, that, that was the weirdest robot roundup, but it is robot roundup. So, and they, they mentioned Herbie Hancock again this time. They do. And, and did they- you see the name of Jim Whiting's robot? <laughs> No, they're pervy men. (laughs) (laughs) It's pervy men robots. And those are the ones that he used in Rocket. Oh, God. They were pretty. Pretty pervy. Yeah, they were pretty (laughs) uh, suggestive. We'll say that. Or anyone who has their their children's listening. Suggestive. Suggestive. Da, da, da. Um, so, something else about the editing I've noticed in, in this issue, especially, 
mm-hmm. is you know they go and they do the uh, localization where you know basically they add all the U's to the American words that don't have them. Yeah, and they were kind of sloppy with, it, especially in Machine Man. Oh, I didn't catch I that. Guess. Yeah, there you can tell everywhere they localized a word and changed it to its British spelling. It, it's just kind of scribbled in. It's not even like they didn't even try to match the handwriting or the font or whatever. It's just like I know, here, paste it and slap it over it. I know this comic is getting better. It's still not good, and I'm over here just skimming it. Like, come on, man! Like, is there something going on here? Something I need to know about? Oh, and we forgot uh, Baron Brimstone apparently can cast sleep on security guards. <laughs> well, he's a he's a he's a low level wizard. We know that much at least. I was gonna say he's like level three. Yeah, yeah, he he's he a... doesn't have fireball yet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he has magic missile and sleep. Yeah. He's uh yeah he's um um he he's the guy you meet in the in the end you like okay we need we need a, a wizard I right, we'll take that guy he's kind of sketchy looking uh well he's a level three he'll hopefully get better while he's your going. level one character uh dungeon boss oh like he their is, first he? mission he is isn't he yeah yeah wow he looks like it too <laughs> he looks like the old D D art. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. First edition. This isn't even like second edition Hildebrandt stuff. This is my, uh, yeah, my, uh, my stepdaughter is, um, she's getting ready to, uh, to, um, run a D&D game on, um, on, uh, Discord with friends. She, I, I talked to her about it before and she wanted to, you know, do a, do a game and stuff. We were talking about doing it together here. Well, it kind of, that kind of died off. And, uh, today she says, Hey, I need to get the, you know, I need to look at characters. So my wife goes and grabs um, the uh, the fifth edition. Is it now? Yeah, the current fifth edition. I think is what it is. Yeah, that I got a while back ordered, and also grabs my first edition monster manual and DM's guide. Oh boy! <laughs> I said, you don't need these. Um, the, you, the monster manual here, you're not gonna like the art in this. However, I love the art in that. Oh my god. The devils themselves so good in the monster manual. Oh yeah, <laughs> completely not family friendly. The bone devil. <laughs> yeah. Pitfin, uh, <laughs> the Asmodeus. Um, they have the um, the fantastic, fantastic magic items in the first edition DM guide. Love them. Those you first need edition... to introduce her to Thacko next time. <laughs> Man, I don't even want to get rid into Thacko again. We left that behind at third edition. <laughs> Oh, I know. Thacko, why do we need to subtract and then add? Can we just all do it all at once? Why do we have to yeah. do I was wondering, why did they have the scale go down for that instead of just, you know, flip it? They were like, well, if we lower the armor class, so Thacko has to go against it. No, to go up, up, one direction. So you had to do basic math when you're ever you're playing. That's probably why the nerds only played D&D. And, and yeah, you had to know calculus for getting <laughs> <laughs> the psionics and... God no! They had to have your DM's screen that has like a hundred tables on it. Get your slide rule out. Okay, (laughs) go here, here. Um, you hit. I think they use less math to get to the moon (laughs) than like second edition D and D. God, that's why that's why D and D nerds got a bad rap in uh, the eighties because it was hard. Because it was deserved. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> you know, if Jack Chick wanted to scare people away from D and D. You know, he should have just had people play it <laughs> back in the eighties. I mean, here that would have scared most people off. Hand you a calculator. Okay, you're gonna need need this. Yeah, what? you have to do Go math. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> here, you're you're going to uh, play this with uh, tiny D6s on a flat panel with no guards up. So they're all your D6s are going to fall on the floor every time you roll a fireball. Good luck. Yeah. Man, still uh, one of the best things when you need. Okay. Nerd you have to do math to open a door in this game. It's like yeah. they you'd scare everybody off from it right there. Yep. <laughs> turn out, nerd out for a second. There's nothing more pleasing than grabbing a handful of D4s or D6s. It's just going. Oh, yeah. You don't even care what it rolls. It's all the noise it makes. You know, like this. I'm bringing out. I'm bringing out the sawed-off uh, shotgun, man. This is gonna be good right now. Right. Okay. I I know. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I love D and D. I've played it for decades. But oh, yeah. you know, I I am not at all. Uh, I guess I have no illusions about it. <laughs> no. no. I know. I know. You, me either. I cast disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> I actually played uh, played a lot of dandy with uh, Ed um, and a bunch of other people too. Um, so it was it was it's always kind of those fun things, you know. Hey, let your kids have an imagination. We did we did we didn't need screens and telephones and stuff when we were kids. Um, and I misspoke. I guess I meant to say I roll to disbelieve <laughs> before we get the actually guy in the comments. <laughs> 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 Actually, you're gonna roll your disbelief. Worst role player ever. Roll <laughs> <laughs> your perception check. Um, <laughs> God, that reminds me. There's a there's a uh, new song. There's a, there's a guy from I think he's from New Zealand named Tom Cardi, who does like he uh, started getting big whenever he's during the uh, lockdowns. Mm-hmm. He does he does like almost like spoof songs, but not quite. But uh, he he does um he does all the instruments and stuff himself. There's uh there's a song that he just put out called Perception Check, which I gotta send to you. It's fantastic. Oh, please do. Oh yeah, it's it's full on D and D nerd stuff. Um, but dude, Matt and the Cat is back just to tell you you need to subscribe to your comics. Yeah. See, that's more subliminal messages they're working in. Man, this wasn't even subliminal. They're on their way to Darkon. Yeah. Planet. And and he the cat's just reading a comic. And yeah, and Matt's, Matt's yelling at him for it. Yeah, Matt's yelling at him. Why are you doing a reading comic? I'm like, did you know you can get a whole year of comics sent to you first class mail? Yeah, you, you can subscribe to your favorite comic. And it just shows up. <laughs> like the Transformers. Yeah, right. I am. Um, I was this is this is pretty blatant. Uh and, you know, and I'm still reminded that their first class mail was actually first class. Ours is no class. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when you would get comics mailed to you, the, the mailman would mangle them. They'd cram them yeah. into that mailbox. And if you had a package, it was following it in to really, you know, <laughs> rip that cover. God, that's that's still happening now. Oh, uh, yeah. Roll it up. Shove it in there. <laughs> Kids, you need to use FedEx. Trust me. Um, that's why old comics are worth more now because they went through the mail. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like... um. I would see like when I was younger, like looking at the things like you can subscribe to the comic, it'll be sent to you. I always kind of like going to the comic shop and have the a guy who thought I had really bad taste in comics yelling at me about the comics I was buying. I remember going to the uh, comic shop and getting G2 Transformers comics, trying to get back issues. 
Mm-hmm. The guy was like, <laughs> yeah, kicked a quarter bid. Um, and they were all respawned. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah when I, I first got into like comic book stores, when I first found a comic book store, I was actually looking for Transformers because it was after the show had ended and I hadn't really kept up with the comic at the time. So, you know, I would read like the first few and then when the show ended, I started looking for the comics. Yeah. It was like in the early forties. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how I hunted. And actually in that same comic shop, I first saw the UK comics. I had no idea there were these big magazine size. And I love that too. That the fact that they are huge. They remind me um when I was younger, my brother would get these comics called Epic. Yeah. And they were like the magazine size. They were really cool. Um they were they were kind of like they're kind of like heavy metal fantasy. Right. Like the old Conan comics. The, yeah. The big ones. Yeah. Yeah. They were fantastic. Good art. Um, he didn't get them for a long time, but I remember he got them. I I looked through them and you know, I didn't really get it. So they always had all kinds of crazy pulp comics that were in that format, you know. Yeah. It was it's sort of kind of a lost art, I'd, I'd say. Well, yeah. kind of, it is a lost art. Whenever we had like a, a giant X-Men or whatever, the people are like, you know, like, oh my God, this is huge. And the British people are like, yeah, we get this all the time. Why, yeah. Why are, y'all, why are y'all excited about this? They just got cheap on us and, yeah. you know, slipped it under the radar. Yeah. And then, um, then had cheap uh, newsprint style pages and things like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like all my first Transformers comics before I found this comic store, all from gas stations and stuff. Oh yeah, I got yeah. back when I worked. I grew up uh, working in Albertsons in Pensacola and grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my first jobs, and I always be in there, you know, you know, getting things ready at, at the end of the night and stuff. And you'd always see that there was like a like a pack of three or four comics, and always had that Transformers versus uh, GI Joe or GI yeah. Joe Transformers with like uh, Double B being like blown up on the cover. Oh yeah, and I, I actually had gotten that. It was a terrible comic, but. Uh, there was there's a lot of uh things like that. They just they were packed trying to get rid of the comics because I just I guess they just didn't sell like Spider-Man does or Yeah, Toys R Us had those three packs like that too. That's where I got a lot the ones from like the I guess from the teens. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah. I guess from issue ten to like I want to say like fifteen. 16, I think that's where like I read that. a lot of them. Um uh my friend Matt, um uh, we actually I read a lot of his um his early comics too. I I I kind of did a kind of weird backwards thing where I read a lot of the comics, but I didn't actually have any of them. And then I I got mm-hmm. the uh, the um, the last Autobot though, the you know, the last issue of uh, the original run, and I started yeah. kind of going backwards from there. Mm-hmm. So I was totally confused about what was happening with uh, Nucleon and all that at the end. Oh yeah, see I I did that from like issue forty one back. What was forty one? That was uh the big battle on the moon with like all the Autobots and Blaster and Grimlock are going to face off for leadership. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which we'll get to that one. That one's in this run. So we'll oh, get nice. There. Yeah. But I found that one. And then the, I think that, yeah, the three that came after that at I, a gas station and started no. backtracking. And I, I'd read them up to, uh, I say issue seven, which we're coming up on that soon, which will be the introduction of the Dinobots. Nice. So there was a big gap, though, from like issue seven to 41 that I had not read. Okay. So I got to piece those together. Yeah. Those weren't really the best stories either. So, yeah. I, uh, I remember. Car Wash of Doom. Yeah. (laughs) 
I remember going back through uh, the Matrix Quest and like being thoroughly confused because I didn't, I'd know, um, I didn't, I never had Nightbeat. I never had uh, any of those. I never had uh, Thunderwing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't really get into them as much. I was just reading stories essentially at that point with the robots. Mm-hmm. But man, real quick, I got to say this ends with a big ad for Ghostbusters. You could be a certified Ghostbuster. Save the world. Yeah, definitely I, uh, certified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this um, Ghostbusters, the first one came out in 84, right? Yes. Yeah, so this, I mean, this is big, big, big. Uh, people were like, all, kids are all about Ghostbusters and things like that. This is, I think, when the, um, oh, what was the, it was it was a filmation of Ghostbusters came out? Oh, yeah, the filmation Ghostbusters, yeah. Thoroughly confused. With me, the gorilla. The gorilla and the guy with the blonde hair and the goofy car. Yeah. yeah. A thoroughly and, and well, and they were the first Ghostbusters because they were based on the live action like 70s show with like Larry Storch. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird and bonkers. But uh then they um you come across um yeah, they did the real Ghostbusters, which is legally what they had to do, I guess. Oh yeah, and I want didn't Toei animate that too? I think so. Yeah, I think Acom may have got a few in there too. There was a it was a well animated series. That actually that the real Ghostbusters was a really good animated series. It was pretty dark, especially for like yeah. at the height of the satanic panic. They had some pretty uh, like scary stuff in there. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite episodes yes. I'll always remember is when that guy was playing the flute to end the uh in the world and call for the demons and stuff. Oh yeah. That was one of my favorite episodes. That was a really dark one. Well, and they actually fought Cthulhu, didn't they? And when they I, did at one point, episode, yeah. 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 Yeah, that that show got away with a lot of cool stuff. Um it was and I love it too. Like what was the um, Tobin's uh, spirit guide? Yeah. That show was like a monster manual of Tobin's spirit guide. Cause you know, every time they see something new, like you're going to be like, Oh yeah. According to Tobin's spirit guide. That. Oh yeah. He was always quoting it. Like, yeah. Like it was the monster manual. He was, it was fantastic. Um, We're going to ramble on about you know eighties and nineties cartoons a lot. See if we just sit here and talk about it. Yeah. Another two hours. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky y'all. So uh let's go ahead and if we cut it short. <laughs> yeah. Um we're we're doing these episodes because uh there was some uh problems where we I had um I had some inconsistencies where Ed either got sick or got hurt or I was busy with work. So we're trying to get some things built up. So these may come out who knows when, but uh if when we need a break or um I, I've got COVID for the fourth time or whatever happens, <laughs> um, it'll be there. So this that's the whole thing. So these these come out like in a month from now are bad. But uh, we, we want to get something backlogged. So I appreciate Boo helping me do that. And uh, so we, we don't get to it when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it helps not to feel so much pressure to actually constantly have to do something because I feel obligated because I like doing this. This is my escape. Well, and, and we want to make sure there's regular content for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, this is so. this is my escape. This is uh, you know, people say like, hey, thanks so much for doing this. You didn't have to do that. Man, I enjoy doing this. It's it's not easy. I don't have an editor. I edit everything myself, which is why sometimes it doesn't look the best because I'm editing it. And you don't have to break my arm to get me to read Transformers or talk about it. No, don't do that. And uh and Boo yeah. actually Boo does a good job with uh getting me the gifts and um and anyone who says gifs, you're wrong. Uh so the I gift- just say G I F. So then you're you're just covered. Graphic, uh, graphic interface. That, anyways, yeah, <laughs> we don't see graphic. Anyways, so that's gonna that's gonna graphic park. <laughs> <laughs> so gifts and the uh, the cover art um, that we have on the episode. So I really appreciate all that. 
Um, but um, I want to have you take us out with a poem, if you will. Yes. An Ode to the Transformers by Anthony McEwen. Transformers are the greatest. I think you will agree that Megatron is huge and evil as can be. Bumblebee is brave, the smallest of the lot, as eager as Sideswipe, though his weapons aren't so hot. Optimus does well to rule the Autobots, and with his laser gun, played plagues old Meggie's lot. <laughs> Ravage the spy as silent as can be. He changes to a tape cassette and listens carefully. Blue Streak is a gunner who loves to hear his voice, though destroying Decepticons would count as his first choice. Frenzy sends high frequencies to short out all machines, and with his brother Rumble, he makes a deadly team. Good luck to all you Autobots. I wish you all good cheer. I hope that you all may have an extremely good year. Happy New Year, everyone. I think that was a tired joke at the end. I didn't see any desert dog in that in that line. Yeah, or Dunlop. <laughs> actually, you know, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was actually not bad. It was actually very good. And yeah. I mean, you know, unless I find something older than that, or someone can, if you know of an older Transformers poem that was published, published. officially, let me know because I'm interested. I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think, I think this the is the first. Poem. Good job. Um, what's his? I'm trying. Anthony. To look. Anthony. Yes. Good job, Anthony. Um, maybe you're um, you're you're pretending you weren't a Transformers fan and didn't write a poem, but uh, Anthony of uh, McEwen, or Anthony McEwen, and no Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. There's yes. No of Marty Rothshire. We know who you are. You, you know, know, if anybody you. else has any like Transformers poetry, they can always like slap it in the comments. Dude, send us your Transformers poetry. Email Maybe me. Maybe we'll read it. <laughs> More than me sees guys at gmail.com. Please email me. I will read it. I promise you. I oh, I totally want to read it. Oh, yeah. Uh, go to the Discord. The, the Discord link is in the show notes. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're feeling generous, find uh, the uh, the link in the show notes, the Patreon. I'm just saying, you know. Um, but um, we appreciate you all being here. If you subscribe to the Patreon, I'll definitely read it. <laughs> we might have to read that in a in a in a, uh, a Patreon only uh, you know after dark one. I'm sure if you were, you're going to read it like that, why do you uh, want to punish them? <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to encourage people to be patrons. <laughs> you have to pay to stop me. <laughs> yes, see that's it. You you subscribe, have them read it, and then you have to subscribe again to get them to stop reading it. It's a trap. Works. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will say, Danny and Jess, thanks for so much for actually for uh, being patrons. Uh, we don't really I don't offer anything in exchange except for my thanks. And uh, hopefully my MacBook lasts long enough for uh, to have enough in there to, to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thanks so much for being here, everyone. I appreciate you all. And um, Boo, thanks for being here, man. And we will Yay. go in and... Uh, We'll see you next time. Later, y'all. We're going to get Vogon poetry. (laughs) No, we will not get Vogon poetry.
more than meets these guys is performed by Evan Johns and Ed Strickland with Boo of the Excellent Underground.com. Research is also done by Evan Johns, Ed Strickland, and Boo of the Excellent Underground.com. All used images are property of Hasbro, Sunbow, Paramount, and or Marvel. And without you, none of this would be possible. So thank you so much for being here, and we look forward to you being here every week. <laughs>